Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the May 21st episode. We are in Numbers, Isaiah, and Psalms. We started in Numbers what? 24. Numbers 24. I'm on the right page. Oh, okay. I think one of my favorite things in Numbers this week. So I remember talking about this last year, and I'm pretty sure I would have completely skimmed over it last year if you hadn't pointed it out. But this year I noticed it in the genealogies, like saw it coming when it, when it set, when in um, chapter 26, when it's talking about the sons of Joseph, Salophahad had no sons, only daughters. And it names mm-hmm. the daughters. And it, re- I totally, it jogged my memory from last year about the girl, the daughters who come to Moses about the um, mm-hmm. inheritance. And that's in the next chapter in chapter 27, the daughter's I, so I love how the message starts it. It says the daughters of Zelophehad Zil- showed up. <laughs> like that sounds pretty authoritative to me, you know, like, all right, we are going to go talk to Moses about this thing. And they go talk to Moses because in that culture, they had zero inheritance because they, he had no sons and his, his land would have been passed on to who knows who if he, um, without any sentence. So the daughters go and talk to Moses and Eleazar the priest. And then, and they present their case basically like our father had no daughters. How is it okay that his land should just go to some random person? We should be able Mm -hmm. to inherit it. And so Moses brings their case to God and God's ruling is that they're right. If Mm -hmm. a man has no sons, it should go to his daughters. And then like, you know, if then there's no daughters, then he expands upon that. But that Moses even took that to God shows great character on his part. And I, and I just think about those ladies coming to Moses and Moses going, yeah, I'll take this to God and see what he has to say about it. And I, I, you know, in this day and age, it's like, well, what will people think about it? If I come back, if I, what will people think about it? If the answer is yes. Well, back then Moses was Moses. So what God told him was what God was true right. of God, you know? And it's almost like for that passage, I'm just super grateful for that passage one and two that Moses was like, yeah, I'll take that to God and I'll ask him what he feels about it. Instead of just going with the culture, which is just like, no, mm-hmm. ladies don't inherit things. That's not how it works. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's a really awesome. That's a really awesome passage. I do love that one. Did you notice that the spirit of God was in Joshua? That's mm-hmm. the thing I always notice whenever it points out that the spirit was in people in the Old Testament. It sticks yeah. out. Because we can't do anything without it. We mm-hmm. can do nothing without it. He puts the spirit of God on the people making the tabernacle. Like that's mm-hmm. because you can't do it. You can't make a holy place without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then so it seemed like 28, 29, 
were basically just another rundown of the sacrifices. It's almost like Moses the was. Feasts. But did you notice how long the Feast of Trumpets and the, like, it's like an entire chapter. All of the other feasts get like a paragraph each. And the whole chapter on the Feast of and the Feast of Booths is like an entire chapter. Yeah. Which, of course, it only stands out to me because of the conversation. Because of those articles. Yeah. I also kind of want to celebrate the Feast of Tents now. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, I can get on board with that. That would be so fun for our family to do is like a memory of the people that we've been grafted into. And what they're, I just think it's cool. It's fun. And actually seeing it in The Chosen. Did you watch The Chosen? Mm-mm, I haven't gotten there yet. Where I forget where we are. We have only watched one episode in the last long time. So are you in season two yet? No, we haven't oh. even, t- we haven't even finished season one. Annika. I know. Uh. I need to just make my kids binge watch it with me one day. Yes. Yes, you do. Fact. Actually, okay. Isaac's home now too, so I can make him too. Yeah. Where, where did we go to? I, 30. Couple- we ended in 30. So 30, the, the thing that the I underlined in 30 is the, um, yeah, the vows. Just the idea that the um, <laughs> the amount of time it spends on women making vows and mm-hmm. the authority that their husbands have to either like say, no, right. don't do that. Take that back. And it's void or sure. Seems like yeah. a good thing to vow. And then it's yeah. like on their head forever. I don't know. Yeah. So interesting. Which if you think about it in a, in that culture, of course, that's how it worked. Women were ruled. Right. And if you think about it, if their husbands were living the way they should have been living, it was a protection for them in some, in some ways, or it could also have been lorded over them. They could go either way. Yeah. Yep. I sort of definitely, I kind of read it. Well, I read it both ways. I read it in that, like, that's kind of cool that a, a husband could be like, oh, bad idea. You know, like cool that God gave us a partnership right. to be able to go, mm, not, that's not yeah. good. Let's yep. undo that one. Versus like, that's holy and good. And then also with that whole, oh, I see how human is going, humankind will yes. destroy that into some power yep. trip that ends up. But then like thinking about vows in terms of like what we know is coming and the Nazarene vow. I, Cause I don't, we haven't talked about the Nazarite. I think we've read vow. about the Nazarite. Have vow. we? Okay. Mm-hmm. But that women could be Nazarites is so mm-hmm. interesting. God didn't exclude women from anything. Man did, but God didn't exclude, like God didn't exclude women from things. Like when you, when you think about like the things that were taken to God, that passage that was taken to God and God is like, yeah, no, the inheritance is for women too. Culturally, we find places where people are excluded, but for the most part, like we see God including women in his His plan for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from numbers? No. Psalms. We ended at 75, right? 74, 66 to 74. Do you know what I'm missing from this? read through of Psalms last year when I read through it, I read in the CSB and I think ESV uses, uh, the phrase shoot. I forget what ESV uses CSB use like, um, and I think unending was the word unending love. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I underlined that phrase every time I saw it in Psalms 
And it's not that way. It's not repetitive like that. It's translated differently mm. in different. So there's not this Which like. Psalm is it? Oh, I don't know. I just thought of it. There's not one in particular. Oh, just in Psalm. Well, okay. I, I saw in 60, at the end of 66, it said, I think that's David. Blessed be God. He didn't turn a deaf ear. He stayed with me loyal in his love. And so that stuck out to me because it sounded like it was probably similar to the phrase that I underlined repeatedly Hmm. last year, but it's not. um, Steadfast is the word. Steadfast. That's what it was. Is that what it is in ESV? Mm -hmm. Man, I should remember what it was in the CSV. It wasn't steadfast. I like the unending. I love that idea. I just, the Psalms are just so beautiful. The Psalms, I, I almost, I can't get over how much I feel like we're butchering them by reading through them. <laughs> Flying the through them am. so quickly. Well, I think that also, I think that I actually read them. I think I read, I did more reading one day at a time last year. And this year I'm reading through. In chunks. In yeah. big chunks. Yeah. To kind of get through it for this recording. So it just is like. To read through the Psalms, three Psalms at a time is mm-hmm. just this year for me right now, it just feels so wrong. And maybe it's because I'm really longing for more of his presence. I'm really longing. I like, I'm feeling more, I'm feeling more like he's on my to-do list than I have mm-hmm. in the past. And I go through phases, right? Like last week I was in this, like, I was just really, I was experiencing his presence and the fruit of that was obvious. Like when I would talk to people, you could tell they walked away feeling so encouraged or, you know what I mean? Like there was just this, like, it's amazing to me how fast, sometimes I feel like the ebbs and flows are longer in between, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like right now the ebbs and flows are just like on a daily slash basis. And anyway, today, I think it was Isaiah. And I don't know if we're ready to move to Isaiah. I didn't, we didn't really talk much about Psalms that come and see. I want to remember what I was going to say in Isaiah today in Isaiah. That's the part that I was like, where they went wrong was not just coming to a point of repentance. They realized that things were all going wrong and they partied and they built their defenses and they did the things, but they never actually just got to the heart of it, which was repentance. And that was today's moment was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I just need to get on my face and be like, if I want him, if I want him to act on my behalf, if I want him, I have to like repent for the way that I have made him a to-do list for the way that I'm doing everything in my own power for the way that like, so that was, I mean, I don't, I could talk specifics, but overall that was my big takeaway from Isaiah and Psalms were just, they're just phrases throughout Psalms that were. Yes. That's how I feel about Psalms too. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. Honestly, I spent a lot of time, I think just jealous of these people <laughs> who were experiencing like real effects of their relationship and their trust and their faith in God. And it was bringing them to write these, these beautiful songs of worship and my heart just isn't there right now. So mm, interesting. That's, I think my experience with Psalms this week. Come and hear all you hear for all you who fear God. And I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I was thinking about that in terms of like Jesus's sacrifice. That's what he did. Like he, that's what he did for my soul. That's what he did for this person's soul that they didn't even know was coming. You know, like mm-hmm. let me tell you what he did for my soul. So one of the phrases that I have underlined is 
it's right in front of me and I'm thinking about how it connects with what you're saying about our, like you just said, that's what you want. You want what they had, but you just don't feel that right now. Yeah. So the line that I have underlined is God is rock firm and faithful. And if I read that, it's the end of Psalm 73, which sounds completely different than it. That's actually a really familiar passage to me in the ESV, but it's super different here. But it says, you're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, which I feel like that when my skin sags and my, sags and my bones get mm. brittle, that can, that can be literally actually when I'm old or like when I'm just not feeling it, you know what I mean? God is rock firm and faithful. I'm in the very presence of God, how refreshing it is. I've made Lord God, my home, God, I'm telling the world what you do. So just that idea, like even in the ebbs and flows, like our ebbs and flows, yeah, God's not ebbing and flowing. He is rock firm and faithful. That's so good. Verse you're reading verse 21 and I do have it circled, but I think I was literally just reading it. So I, I'm, I circled the verse, but I didn't even like underline it. But when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in my, in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Mm. That's kind of like, that's, that's, I mean, not, that's 21. Yeah. Yeah. 22. And then 23. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven, but you, and there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And then in Psalm 74, it says, remember your congregation, which you have purchased. Mm. I love that. That's just such a good reminder. Like my heart is embittered and pricked and I am brutish and ignorant and like a beast toward him. And yet his right hand is with me. Like that's, and I think, especially when you're going through something like this and you're in ministry, it's like, Lord, what am I doing here? Like, I can't Mm -hmm. do, I can't lead people to you when I'm not, when I'm just doing God, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like doing the God thing. It's like, this isn't, but every human goes through it. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. that like remembering and it doesn't disqualify me from ministry because I experience these times of like, not feeling it, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, like we're reading David, David in some ways is leading us to a deeper relationship with God as he's walking through the midst of not feeling it. You know what I mean? Like in his anger and frustration and sometimes feeling deserted and all these things that he is feeling and experiencing by writing, like he's leading it in his deserts. And I think even finish a thought today for some reason beyond that, like what you're, this is actually a Psalm of Asaph, the one that we're quoting, which makes, it's kind of even more uh, appropriate when you think about the fact that like Asaph, Asaph probably struggled with like, I'm not David. Right. He was the one that David appointed to lead the worship, you Mm -hmm. know? And I wonder whether he had those same, like I'm in ministry and I'm supposed to be leading these people to you. And yet like my heart toward you isn't good right now. So how do I how do I lead well? And he's like, Oh, but nevertheless, I'm continually with you, whether mm-hmm. I feel it or not, whether mm-hmm. I'm pleased for you or not, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Like I should memorize that verse. That that's mm-hmm. good stuff. I'm in charge of a retreat that starts tomorrow afternoon for our, our staff leadership. And I feel so unqualified. It's a, it's exactly like any other thing that you do for the Lord. It's like, God, like if you don't show up, 
like I'm doing these things, but ultimately this is like, if your Holy spirit doesn't reveal things to us, like this is going to be a pretty powerless time. Do you know what I mean? And then I think about the the times that people are like, we've prayed for so hard and for so long over this retreat that we have for you. And I'm like, I haven't done that. Can you still show up? You know what I mean? (laughs) He can. (laughs) He not only can he, but like, that's like when you come to that point, you know what I mean? That's kind of the time that I spent on my face this morning in repentance was like, I haven't done any of that, Lord. But I, I, I can acknowledge right here and right now that it's still true. Like, unless mm-hmm. you do this thing, like I, I bring nothing to the table and I need you to show up or else there's nothing th- this whole thing has no, literally will it'll be nothing. It'll just be time mm-hmm. spent away from our families. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ugh. God, <laughs> it's so good, right? Like that's, this is, these are the people he chooses to use us yeah i hope this is helpful to other people to just hear me saying over and over again how useless i am i'm sure it will be <laughs> does that make you feel better or worse i'm sure it will be <laughs> good oh what a weird recap this one's gonna be yeah it is gonna be weird <laughs> i know like we had this whole big conversation beforehand that probably won't go in it at all and i feel like that was the best part yeah i can't we're still talking about end times off the record, guys. I think yep. there's still way more that we don't know. And maybe bringing, coming into Isaiah here. Yeah. We'll, it's actually we'll pretty back. fun too, because that's an area where you and I aren't necessarily on the same page either. It's, yeah, I don't like your page. Your page is maybe. terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like my page. Well, I like my page, but my page is still pretty fuzzy. Like I have a general idea of what it says, but it's... well. We've been talking about this for three years, four years oh my, now. A long time. We've been talking about our eschatology pretty much since we started talking about the Bible. I feel like Matthew, since mm-hmm. we started Matthew and all that. Yeah. And um, it's been like you trying to describe what you believe to me has been like, I couldn't wrap my head around. It. I didn't even know what you're talking about. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, millennialism, what? And not that you're coming out as a non-millennialist. You're not. But I think that's where you're like. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where you're leaning and I feel like you're closer to landing there than you ever have been before oh yeah I'm pretty close <laughs> I've always just kind of been lost because like I said all of my theology comes from the left behind series or had come from the left behind series but now that I've been reading the bible more and studying it more there's more like I have more questions and I feel like I have a more solid a solid theology about the character of God to help inform what I believe is how he would act in the end times if that makes yeah. any sense yeah Whereas I didn't really have that to inform my, which is really, that is super helpful to be able to have a bigger picture of who God is based on how we know him through scripture to help us as we read scripture. I mean, what better way to read scripture than with a knowledge of who God is Yes. read and interpret it. Yes, for sure. Anyway, we were, we've been talking about it because we're in Isaiah and there's it's prophetic but how prophetic and to what time is, <laughs> is always the question always up for debate. Yes. And I need to, that's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to, so right now I'm listening. I just, I was, this was part of why our conversation went there at the beginning of this recording. I'm starting, I'm listening to a podcast on reading. Well, reading revelation kind of, but I think I'm going to go. I've looked a little bit at reading the prophets but I think that's, 
they kind of tie together in a lot of ways, uh-huh. the prophets and apocalyptic literature. So yeah, this year's long quest, man, I should probably try to wrap it up. Maybe that's my 2021 goal. <laughs> to, to know what's coming at the end of right, the world. To, right. <laughs> wrap it up is very, I use that loosely. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm still very, very unclear on the millennial reign and how that differs from eternity, which is fine. I think I'm good there for a while, but I do, I, I am, like I said, I feel like I've got a more clear picture of just having it all filed in these like feast files. It's like, like, it's just tidy for me. It's like really good for me to be like, oh, that's all Go ahead. Yes. No, I'm like, that is why I'm so, mm -hmm. that is exactly why I like having a framework to approach scripture in Mm. with which to approach scripture, because it makes it like neat and tidy boxes. And it doesn't always work that way in scripture with God. We know that, but Mm -hmm. being able to understand who God is and how he works in the context of something that we can't understand is so helpful for our human minds. Yeah. So that's, what's funny about it is that like, to me, there's like a, it's files, but at the same time, I don't know what goes in those files. Like, I'm not (laughs) sure what's, I don't know. Like I've got the files in the right file folders, but where, what actually goes in those files is still a little more hazy to Mm -hmm. me. And then again, I land on that whole, thank God, God, you do it. Like God does it. Yep. And I want to always, I was just listening to a podcast the other day and, oh man, I love this guy. You could tell this guy loves God, like the triune God. He loves him so much, but he deeply loves so many people of so many different faith backgrounds that are not Christian. And the way that he articulated exactly where I, I feel like he was just speaking my heart as he was talking about just this idea that like the more mat- the more you walk with God, the more you know scripture, the simpler your theology, like not simpler, but like it kind of like narrows your theology and leaves more space for love. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole like, I believe in the triune God and almost like that faith, hope, and love like triune God, faith, hope, and love. That's almost like all I have. <laughs> sets of threes. Let's stick to sets of threes. <laughs> yes. And then outside of that is like, like there's just freedom to love other people, whether they believe those same things or not kind of thing. It's like, God will do it all. And um, anyway, I just love the way that he said that, like, and, and the, the bigger our theology is and the more complex and um, complicated and like, the more details they're all in it, it leaves less space to love. I just feel like that's how my theology has gone. Like the more I grow, the more simplified what I believe about God is and makes it a lot, a lot less complicated. If that makes any sense. I don't sort know. of, I think I know yeah. what you're getting at. Anyway, that was on the Holy Post. I've been listening to the Holy Post at the recommendation of Bob the Tomato and some friends do a, uh, a podcast together and it's really good. I think they're pretty liberal. That's yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Yep. That's so funny because one of the, one the podcast I was listening to it's Bible, it's guys from the Bible project. And he said something about, um, he was talking about Daniel and 
and the the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. And he, he made the comment that one of them made the comment that it's one of the best, one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. They were like, the other one was like, really, you think that's top five? And he said, well, probably because of veggie tales, you know, like they had the episode on Shadrach, <laughs> yes. Meshach and Abednego and the That's actually the only one furnace. I remember beside Jonah. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. I don't think I would consider myself liberal, but I definitely love people who are liberal more than I ever have before. <laughs> yes, I can see that. In me or just in like Yep, you in too? you. Like and I feel oh. like a lot of you a lot of the way you think and approach people and life has been expanded significantly over the past year. Yeah. I, I think. think that most of Isaiah was um I'm just skimming through this is me trying to remember what I read. A lot of it was a future for them, past for us, as mm. far as prophecy goes. But there was this one section. There's so many. Yes. I don't think the I know. There is no more. Destruction has ceased. And he who tramples underfoot has vanished from the land. Then a throne will be established in steadfast love. And on it will sit in faithfulness in the tent of David, one who judges and seeks justice. Are you in 22? To do righteousness. This is 16. Where, where did we oh. start? Sorry. 14. So yeah. yeah. Yep. That's so that's. Oh yeah. So that's the new. Yep. That's. To come. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Oh, okay. Oh, so now, right? tell me where you are. Our millennialism would say that's now, right? Where in 16 are you? 16, three through five. Right. A new government of love will be established in the venerable Davidic tradition. A ruler you can depend upon will head this government, a ruler passionate for justice, a ruler quick to second right. Yeah, like, I mean, that could be talking about eternity, actual eternity, because mm-hmm. Jesus will come and he will reign. He is mm-hmm. the king in the Davidic tradition. So in eternity, Jesus will come and he will reign, but he is doing that now. When he died, was buried, rose but again, still went back to heaven. And there's still destruction. Mm-hmm. So destruction has not ceased. That's true. So that sounds like eternity to me. <laughs> yeah. I really hope no one is listening to these podcasts. I'm not kidding. Like <laughs> not a single person, at least for the past month. I really hope no one's listening. I posted Ooh. that we've been talking about eschatology. Oh, good. Yeah. You're all great. Um, stop listening. Yeah. Stop listening. You're, you will learn nothing here. Nope. Nothing, but you'll have get to hear our wonderings and that's fine. Right. Okay. I wish I could remember one thing that I was like, wait a second. What is this one talking about? And I don't think I marked it and I can't remember, but you mentioned this already 22 you looked and looked and looked, but you never looked to him who gave you this city. Never once consulted the one who has long had plans for the city. Just that whole idea that they were they were trying to fix things, mm-hmm. but they were not. This is Israel. Yeah, it says in verse 12, In that day the Lord, a God of hosts, called for weeping and mourning, for baldness and wearing sackcloth, and behold, joy and gladness, killing oxen and slaughtering sheep, eating flesh and drinking <laughs> wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Like they're just totally, he's doing this thing and they're watching it happen. They see them coming against their gates and they're like, well, right. tomorrow we're going to so die. So let's up, enjoy. 
Well, and before it says in go back to verse eight, you assessed your defenses, you inspected your weapons, you found weak places in the city walls and repaired them, you fixed your water supply, like you did all these mm. things to repair, yeah. but you never once asked me. Yes, so that's exactly. You, you're doing things, but you're doing, it's kind of like what you were just talking about. Like that's exactly the you can do all the things, but if we don't do them with him, it's worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're doing the things and we don't, and we need him to act on our behalf, we don't get him to act on behalf by just doing more things. We get him to act on our behalf in repentance. Like it's those mm-hmm. two, it's that those, that's kind of where I was at today. It's like, oh, you're not going to just start acting on my behalf because I'm doing more because I'm asking you to act as I do more. Like you're going to act on my behalf because I say, oh my gosh, I've been doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Like I have any control over it whatsoever, and I have none. So help me, Lord, do this thing, even though I thought that I had what it took to get it done well. I did not. Uh, I feel like we were all over the place today. Yeah, I feel like we were all over the place mm-hmm. today. This, I feel like I should start out every recap with like, good luck. You should listen to this one. <laughs> Don't listen to this one. Like at the right. end of every recording, we should be like, this was a good one. <laughs> and then like put it and at I, the beginning. I, like, I'm not really kidding when I say, I hope no one's listening. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking in complete circles in some, sometimes in some ways. Yeah. Do you, uh, can you, what's the name of your podcast? I feel like that's oh helpful for people. Um, I think it is the Bible Project. It's Tim Mackey, who is, um, let me, I'm looking it up. It's one of the Bible. He's one of the Bible project guys. Yeah. It's the Bible project podcast. And the ones I'm listening to are, um, it's called dreams and visions, apocalyptic episode one, two, three. So, um, they actually released them because they have, so I know we've talked before about their YouTube videos where they illustrate yeah. books of the Bible and themes and scripture and stuff like that. They did, they did that on apocalyptic. So they have, they have a series on YouTube where they illustrate it. That's a like how to read the Bible series. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched all of it, but I've watched some of it and it's awesome. Just like all the rest of their stuff is, but then this is just kind of a podcast to go along with it. And they actually were releasing this in the midst of all of the COVID mayhem, like last spring, 2020. Mm-hmm. So they went back and kind of recorded like a real time. Like, how do we interpret all of this? Because a lot of people were looking at COVID as this apocalyptic type, like entering the end thing. So they talk about that a little bit in episode one, but then they kind of dig into what the word apocalyptic means. And they talk about Daniel and it's, it's just been really interesting. So, so far I haven't come across any Bible project, anything that they haven't loved. So this is another one so far that's been really great. And actually, it's kind of like the recap. It's these two guys just discussing this one thing. So I like the format of it, too. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org, and we will see you next week.